welcome to South Asia Chat, a weekly podcast series brought to you by the Institute of South Asian Studies at the National University of Singapore. I'm your host, Nitya Subramanian, an editor at the Institute. Last week has been a significant one with the first ever in-person meeting of the Quad held in Washington, D.C., followed by the bilateral meeting between Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi and American President Joe Biden. There were many important outcomes of these meetings, and to discuss them with us, we have Professor C. Raja Mohan, Director of ISAS. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Nichak. Uh, delighted to be part of this conversation today. Um, the joint statement and fact sheet released after the recent in-person Quad Summit on September 24th clearly spell out its China and Indo-Pacific policies. How do you think this summit, the second after Joe Biden became the president of the United States, is different from the first held in March 2021? As you know, there is no mention of China, whether it was in March or this time, because uh, they don't want to frame this as an anti-China coalition. Uh, so, but the but the important thing is it's the focus of the bilateral was beyond the Indo-Pacific. It covered a large number of areas. The bilateral meeting between uh, Prime Minister Modi and uh, President Biden. Uh, and the Indo-Pacific is one important element uh, in both the bilateral as well as in the quadrilateral uh, discussion. Uh, I think we, what we have seen is really a significant expansion of the agenda uh, in both the both the areas. Uh, one extraordinary focus on technological cooperation uh, there was a discussion on uh, on Afghanistan and the current situation there uh, and the need to do something uh, on vaccines, vaccine development, vaccine diplomacy. Uh, there was talk about working together on, uh, on infrastructure. Uh, and then there is also the talk about, uh, you know, acting together to reshape the rules and norms uh, at the global level on how technologies are developed and used. So this is a very expansive and wide-ranging agenda uh, that the that uh, both at the bilateral and the quadrilateral level that has emerged. But China was not going to be named. I think no one was expecting that. You asked about the difference between March and now. The big announcements on vaccine diplomacy, infrastructure, critical technologies were actually announced in March itself. Uh, what they were doing this time was to really to consolidate the work that was done to overcome some of the setbacks, for example, on the vaccine diplomacy, uh, and to, uh, uh, to to give it a political imprimatur with the physical uh, physical summit uh, that has taken place this week. One important development is uh, what the Quad has done is to make it clear this is not a military forum against China. Because until now, you remember, the Chinese were calling it the Asian NATO, uh, and many in India too you know, were thinking of it as a military coalition. Now, both US and uh, and India made it clear that it is not a military coalition. Their focus will be on non-military uh, areas of engagement and in providing public goods uh, to uh, to the Indo-Pacific and, and, and beyond. So this is a very important clarification. This actually helps uh, India to be far more comfortable in a non-military setting and focus on non-military aspects, uh, which uh, which actually India can contribute a, a lot. Um, 
As you uh, rightly said that this is in line with, of course, India's position of the Quad not being a security grouping. And of course, the various areas of cooperation which you listed out just now. What were some of the key takeaways that stood out for you? And why do you think those were significant? One was the, you know, the, the credibility of Quad, you know, depends on the promises made and the promises delivered. Uh, for example, uh, in March meeting, they talked about uh, the vaccine diplomacy. And then India had a huge setback when the Delta variant hit India. So now Indian production has now been ramped up. Indian situation is under control. Uh, India, just before the Washington summit, uh, India announced that it is going to resume vaccine exports. And in the, in the summit itself, I mean, it was highlighted uh, the U.S. has helped support uh, a company in India called Biological E., uh, to step up vaccine uh, to uh, as new vaccine production uh, enterprise and then japan is going to fund uh, some of the production and australia is going to help distribute these vaccines so we're talking about a billion vaccines actually being delivered next year uh, to the indo-pacific region so there was something concrete then i think similarly on uh, uh, technological side i think they've outlined a very very large uh, set of areas where they can work together from cyberspace, 5G, uh, and uh, uh, related areas. Uh, they've agreed to set up a semiconductor supply chain. So we know across the world, the shortage of chips uh, has created a huge problem for the production from cars to phones. And now this idea that, look, the Quad can work together to develop a supply chain, a more reliable supply chain on semiconductors uh, will be a huge shift. Another important um, issue that was raised was the human rights violation in, in Afghanistan and deepening of counterterrorism and humanitarian cooperation in South Asia. Uh, this was found. This was mentioned both in the Quad and the India-U.S. bilateral statements. Uh, after the American withdrawal from Afghanistan and a growing influence of Pakistan as well as China there, how do you think the Quad could engage with Afghanistan? See, the Afghanistan question becomes a tricky one. I mean, I think the U.S., after spending 20 years, has decided to withdraw uh, because, you know, I don't think India or anybody expects the Americans to keep uh, staying there forever. Now, having withdrawn without leaving a stable arrangement and uh, having uh, seen the Taliban return to power, now there are new challenges uh, for, for the U.S., for India. And the question is, is there enough agreement between them? Uh, what we saw both at the bilateral meeting as well as in the quad meeting uh, was to reinforce support for the uh, security council declaration that was made uh, last month under india's presidency that put certain conditions on taliban uh, on expectations of how it should uh, behave so so i think there is an agreement that uh, that india us and the quad partners will hold taliban's feet to fire and all the issues that you refer to, whether it is internal behavior in terms of human rights and uh, women's rights, or externally, uh, its attitude to support to terrorism, etc. So they made a strong uh, position. Uh, one hopes that uh, this position will survive because uh, the problem is that Pakistan remains an important actor and uh, US can't simply uh, ignore the role of Pakistan. So I think there will be some tension on this issue, but, but I think at this point, it looks like both India, US and the Quad partners uh, are on the same sheet, uh, basically asking Taliban uh, and Pakistan 
to stop supporting cross-border terrorism. A few days before the Quad meeting, the AUKUS a security pact between Australia, the US and United Kingdom was signed. Some analysts have raised questions on this pact and whether it would sideline the Quad as both India and Japan are not party to this agreement. What are your thoughts and did the recent Quad meeting allay some of those fears? No, uh, my sense is there was a lot of confusion around the world in India that somehow the AUKUS, uh, the Australia-UK-US collaboration was going to undermine the Quad. Uh, but the two agendas are very, very different. I mean, as we said, look, uh, on the Quad has made it clear that this is no longer, a, this is not a military coalition. This is not a security forum. Their focus is going to be on non-military aspects uh, from vaccines to 5G to artificial intelligence, etc. The AUKUS uh, is between allies. I mean, we should not forget that Australia and uh, US have had an alliance, uh, which goes back to 70 years. It's called ANZUS. Uh, Britain and uh, Australia, of course, they were former colonial links there. In fact, uh, for Australia, the head of the state is still the Queen of England. Uh, and then Britain and the US uh, are, are historic partners. So, so the arrangement between them I mean, is um, among allies and very close uh, cultural historic relationship. So what they're planning to do uh, is to actually supply sensitive submarine, uh, nuclear-powered submarines to Australia. Uh, so, and that is going to take some time. So it's not going to happen tomorrow, day after. It might take 10 years, 15 years. But meanwhile, US and uh, British submarines, nuclear-powered submarines, could start operating out of Australia. So the focus of AUKUS was on really to uh, to develop deterrent capability uh, against uh, China's expanding uh, military naval capabilities. Now, the kind of agreement, India was never going to be party to that kind of an agreement. Look, India was not going to let uh, American military you know, vessels operate out of India or British vessels operate out of India. But for Australia, it's a very different kind of relationship. And given the challenges they face from China, uh, given the size and the scope of the threat, they want a stronger security commitment uh, from the United States. And what the nuclear submarine deal does is provide uh, American uh, security guarantee for uh, for Australia, which is facing uh, threats from the threats from the Chinese. So, so I think and this is a very different type of arrangement. And India was, as a, as a traditionally non-aligned country, which does not do military alliances, it was not going to be part of it. Now, as I said, the, the, the Quad is not a military alliance, does not mean India does not do any military cooperation. After all, India has strong bilateral defense cooperation with the US. It has bilateral defense cooperation with, uh, you, you know, with other members of the Quad, like Australia and Japan. But what India is, that, so the bilateral defense cooperation will continue, but that does not involve the kind of cooperation that we're going to see uh, between Australia and, uh, and uh, the United States, because the quality of their relationship is very high. Uh, India's uh, not a, a treaty ally of the United States. What we're talking about is really expanding bilateral defense cooperation and a quad that focuses on non-military aspects. Coming to Japan, Japan has serious issues with nuclear weapons, nuclear, anything to do with nuclear. We all talk about Japan's nuclear allergy. So therefore, Japan was not going to uh, sign to any AUKUS type of an agreement. 
So where, you know, they would acquire nuclear powered submarines. Someday maybe they will, but at this point, Japanese policy is quite clear. They're completely limited to uh, peaceful uses of nuclear energy. So that constrains them. So there was no question of Japan being part of it. So this is a very specific agreement between the, between the US, UK and Australia. And for India, it's a, it's, it serves India's purpose. And India doesn't have to be part of it. If Australia, uh, US, UK collaboration on nuclear submarines increases the deterrence against China, then India has no reason to complain. I mean, it is not going to be part of it, but it's a job that's being done by others. So it complements, as far as India's strategic objectives is concerned, the question of deterring China. Uh, so, uh, so there you have these three countries are doing the job and India is not going to complain nor is it going to welcome. Uh, but for India, there is a new debate in India that's beginning. Should India get nuclear-powered submarines? Uh, India has in the past, uh, you know, leased nuclear-powered submarines from Russia. Uh, and there is some debate whether India should turn to France uh, to get nuclear submarines, nuclear-powered submarines. Uh, that Should it do that? So that, that is a new debate. But the scale of the Chinese naval uh, transformation and its power projection demands countries in the region are going to look at submarines very closely and nuclear submarines because nuclear-powered submarines are better than conventionally uh, powered submarines. Uh, they are stealthier, they operate longer periods underwater, they have longer range. So that debate, I think, what AUKUS does is to trigger that debate uh, within the region. Uh, do, uh, how do these countries acquire underwater capabilities? Um, thank you for that um, clarification and that explanation. I think it uh, clears a lot of misconceptions around the AUKUS. Um, finally, I'd like to ask you about the bilateral meetings that Prime Minister Narendra Modi had with both President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, he also addressed the 76th session of the United Nations General Assembly, where fighting global terrorism was a key theme. What impact would this have on Pakistan, which is currently having strained relations with both India and the US to a certain extent? I think uh, what we've seen happen in Washington in the bilateral meeting is really the expansion of the agenda between India and, and the United States. Uh, historically, I think our focus was really on uh, bilateral issues. You know, we had problems on the nuclear issue before. India had problems with American attitudes on Kashmir. So, and then trade and other related cooperation. Uh, what we've, you know, many of those difficult issues between India and the US, the bilateral ones have now overcome. So the focus was on now in a much wider framework because in the past, uh, India and the US did not agree on regional security issues. They did not agree on global issues. But now what you're seeing is really uh, bilateral, regional and global there is more convergence between uh, India and the United States. For example, on the bilateral level, I mean, expanding technological cooperation, uh, widening trade, uh, and doing more things uh, together on uh, vaccine development or a whole range of issues. Uh, for the first time, India and the US today have a common understanding of Indo-Pacific security. So that regional security, uh, in the past, uh, there was no agreement. They still have issues in relation to Afghanistan, but for the first time, the Indo-Pacific provides a regional uh, framework for uh, cooperation between India and the US. And on global issues, uh, what we've seen is whether it is global health, pandemic management, or mitigating climate change, now uh, there are efforts to bring India and the US together. 
and on the question of terrorism. Uh, so can India and the US work together to produce a new global understanding on climate change? Uh, can India and the US cooperate uh, to better manage the pandemic? That's where the vaccine diplomacy comes in. And can India and the US deepen their cooperation on, on terrorism? So these are new issues uh, that, that there is a greater convergence. And what we've seen is these three exactly were the issues the Prime Minister took up in his UN speech, uh, which was uh, the question of vaccines, the question of climate change, and the question of uh, terrorism. So I think we are in a, a different sphere today where bilateral, regional, and multilateral are increasingly reinforcing each other in the India-US relationship. But there are there will be differences. Uh, for example, we're still not on the same place uh, on climate change, but we are the serious talks. On terrorism, there will be some difference, differences on Pakistan, but the counter-terrorism cooperation has grown significantly between India and the US. Uh, and on uh, vaccines, I mean, I think there is a much greater convergence today. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, the, the Indian role in production of vaccines for global health and future development of technologies to cope with the next pandemic that the world is going to face. So, so I think it's a happier situation. India has never had such a wide-ranging agenda with the United States. And now you have this an expansive uh, agenda between the two countries. Thank you so much for joining us today, Professor Rajamohan. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Nicha, for having me here. You were listening to South Asia Chat. To learn more about our work, visit us at isas.nus.edu.sg. Also follow us on our social media handles, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you.